Hey everybody, it's Brian. Thanks for tuning in. If you're ready to buy or sell a home in Pierce, South King, or Snohomish County, please check out John Hurlbutt and his team over at Altitude Homes. John's an old friend and someone I know you can trust. He will also donate $500 to Ben's Fund for every closed transaction. I know how hard it is to find a real estate agent who has your best interests in mind. John can be that guy for you and benefit a great cause to boot. Check them out on the web at altitude-re.com hb. Again, altitude-re.com hb. Or give them a call at 253-222-2626. That's 253-222-2626. Go Hawks! Hello, and welcome to another episode of Real Hawk Talk. This is Brian Nemhauser. I am broadcasting from my lovely Marriott hotel room in, uh, in San Francisco. So I uh, hope you enjoy seeing uh, this lovely background. Uh, it has been a remarkably crazy first few days of free agency that hasn't yet officially started, I think, right? Like, I don't even know if we're really there yet. Um, and we're going to talk with the whole crew. Uh, I will let you guys know that I have been completely heads down all day today at work and have not been checking Twitter. And so one of the things we're going to get to do is the guys are going to go and uh, cover some of the day's news, and I will uh, react real time. Um, I can't promise Evan-level reactions, but uh, we'll see how, how, how things go. Evan has tried to convince me that Pete Carroll has become defensive coordinator, which I do not believe actually happened. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, and welcome as always, fellas. Uh, we got Evan Hill at Evan on HB. We've got uh, Jeff Simmons at Real Jeff Simmons. Um, and we've got Nathan at 11. So they're all here. There's a lot to talk about. Who wants to tell me the first bit of news uh, today uh, that, that broke? Do you want the biggest trade? Do you want the biggest signing? Do you want maybe the most interesting trade for a Seahawk fan? Oh, this is fun already. Tell me where your mind goes. Evan, you want to you wanna lead us off? I, I... Yeah. No, I, I think the one that Brian actually might be most interested in is the 49ers move. Uh, the trade that they made um, with the Chiefs. I believe it was only a couple hours ago, Brian. The 49ers traded for D Ford. They. No. <laughs> D Ford is a 49er. Uh, the compensation, I believe, was only a second round pick. What? <laughs> I might be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure it was just a second rounder. That is correct. Um, yeah, and obviously, I think that comes with a new deal. So from yeah, so from a Seahawks perspective, um, that's not good news for Russell Wilson for this offensive line. Uh, it's also a 2020 second round pick, so it is not this wow. year second round pick. What? How is that? What, what in the world? Like, how is that a possible move? Like, 
is is D Ford's in the realm of Frank Clark? Are we in the an agreement there that those guys are not massively did any? What's that? He had double digit sacks last year. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, first of all, I mean that that's like I think of D Ford in the Frank Clark. He had territory. thirteen sacks last year. He had what? Thirteen sacks last year. Yeah, that's what Frank had. Yeah. So, so implications. One is the 49ers implication. Let's talk about that in a second. Two is the compensation. So there's been this conversation about Frank and whether Frank would be on the block. I think if the if the compensation is a 2020 second round pick for Frank Clark, no freaking deal. Like, is anybody here like, yep, we should really be considering that? Nope. No. All right. I know Nathan, you were never a big fan of that. that nope. Concept. I mean, I was thinking like a first and a second or a first yeah. and a third. Like, that's insane. Yeah. So we should talk about the deal specifics. It's five years for $87.5 million, which is interesting. Um, that That's in line with what Frank will probably ask. Frank will probably ask for more. Um but yeah, that that's the big news from a competitor perspective. Um, the 49ers, I, I think that's ridiculously low trade compensation, especially for it to be a 2020. Um, the smaller move that was a Seahawks free agent that left. You want to take a guess as wait, to who wait, wait, wait. Before you go to that one, so what was what was the average per year for D Ford? And what was the guarantee? Uh, don't know guarantee, but it was five years, 87.5 million. So what is that? Um, 17.5 a year, I think. That's good news, isn't it? Like, that's, I mean, I would have expected him to be up in the 19 or pushing it higher range. Like, that's the first contract that challenges Frank Clark going into the 21-22 range, doesn't it? Well, D Ford is a little bit older. Remember, he's 27, um, going to be 28 soon. So he's, I know that's, a, I mean, that's a four-year gap. Frank Clark is 24. Um, he's 25. He's 25. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's a fair comparison. All right. Well, that's some, that's some uh, good news, I guess, out of that. Um, it should hopefully help thaw the defensive ends contract deals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, they've got quite a defensive line down there. All right. Continue. Uh, the next move I was going to bring up from a Seahawks perspective, just while we're in this little category of moves uh, J.R. Sweezy signed with the Cardinals. Mm, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, we don't really know. I don't. I didn't see a price. Did Nathan or Jeff? Did you guys see a price? No, I, I it's a two-year deal. Mm -hmm. But yeah. that's all I saw. I would bet like two years, six million total, like three million a year, maybe more. What are you basing that on? Just guess. Just a guess. Yeah. <gasps> they got Brett Hundley too. They did. They did. <laughs> now, we're, now we're in trouble, fellas. <laughs> uh, you know, it's interesting is they sound like they got Brett Hundley without having to give up a, a six-round pick to do it. Motherfucker. Yeah. That still pisses me off. I hate that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, so the J.R. Sweezy thing, I, my reaction there is like, I've I've been pretty clear with you guys and on this pod that, I think that 
the two guards they had last year were an upgrade over the two guards maybe they had the previous year, but not necessarily better half of the league. So I feel like there's opportunity to upgrade those positions. Some of them might even be in-house. Um, but in any event, like, I'm not going to lose too much sleep over J.R. Sweezy. Um, in fact, maybe I'm a little encouraged that that might force them to go back and reshuffle and maybe end up with a better guard than they would have if they just signed the same two that they got last year. What do you guys think about that? Of the two, I think Sweezy was the one that I wanted them to keep more. Agreed. So if it is a two-year, $6 million deal, that kind of hurts. Um, but yeah, I mean... You would he, rather than keep Sweezy over Fluker? Yeah. Wow. I think he's the better overall player, the better pass protector. Um, but yeah, I mean, more, more durable. Yeah, that too. But yeah, I mean, you know, Sweezy came here. He's, you know, was a one-year guy. I, I don't think he's going to be especially hard to replace. It just kind of sucks that he is, I mean, we're totally speculating on what he's going to get money-wise. Um, but yeah, if he ends up signing something pretty cheap, that kind of hurts because you know what you had in him and it was workable. And so, um, and, you know, Schneider loves to praise offensive line continuity. And I think Ben was pointing out today, uh, it's going to be the sixth new offensive guard, left guard in six years. So, yeah. Man, Deep Ford. That's cool. Okay. So I'm going to, sp- uh, let's go on to the other, the, the maybe the biggest trade then. I think you heard about it because we were talking about it in the DMs. OBJ traded to the Browns. I did hear about that one in the DM, so I yeah. have to be honest there. Oh, I ha- I'm sorry, but like the my reaction to that was not the 49ers. <laughs> how? What I don't get is how is is Beckham worth a first and a third, and D Ford is worth a 2020 second rounder. I don't get it either. Well, okay. Actually, you know what? I just answered. I, I, I do actually think I know. Uh, it's the contract because he's already under a big. He's he's already signed his big deal, so the guaranteed money stays with New York. So he's actually pretty affordable the rest of the way. That, that must be what it is. That must be the big difference. Because did you hear that OD, OBJ wants a new contract with the Browns? Doesn't he have like four years left on the deal? <laughs> in August, in, in, in like, you know reports report basically it's out that he saw what happened with AB. And the expectation is that he'll get a new deal with the Browns. Well, all right. Jeez, mom. That'll be something. But uh, okay, that has to be it though, because the Niners have to pony up all the cash for Ford. That's got to be the big thing. Well, I mean, setting aside, well, the draft compensation or the compensation for the trade is one absolutely interesting aspect. Another one is like Browns are putting together a nice roster, aren't they? Like. Uh, I, quarterback receiver combination that's a that's a decent yeah who's their coach now <laughs> totally lost track freddie kitchens right yeah freddie i think his name yeah even at running back and tight end too bradley chubb kareem hunt david njoku like those are names and two other seahawks angles uh they they agreed to deal with sheldon richardson today the browns also mm. uh, now they have him miles garrett they got olivier vernon they have Ogan Joby, the really good player. And I guess we can tell you this now. 
there's reports the Browns are trying to sign Earl Thomas, and they're considered to mm. potentially be the favorite. Oh, my God. His poor family. Um. <laughs> That's a stacked team, though. I mean, yeah, I a really lot of team. talent on that team. I think top to bottom, they're close to the Rams. Yeah. Well, I mean, with the Rams losing some of the talent that they had, certainly that that's a conversation. Um, I, I like their quarterback certainly a lot better than I like the Rams quarterback. Yeah, okay. So who have the Rams officially lost so far? Uh, it's been hectic. I don't Marcus know. Most of the stuff. Marcus Joyner went to the Raiders. Yeah. Raiders. Yeah. Uh, I guess the big one today is Saffold went to the Titans. Okay. Oh, I missed that one. What did he sign for? I think it was eleven million a year. Let me see. Four over forty-four, I think. Forty-four over four, I think. Yes. It probably guarantees in the twenties. Yeah, those first two years. It was like twenty. That's not a pretty. That's not a very good guard market. I know he's thirty-one, but he was the top of the guard market in some ways. Um, hmm. All right. Um, who else have they lost? John Sullivan is gone. The center he retired, right? Think they, were, cut, they cut him or did he retire? They cut him. They lost Mark Barron or they cut him. Sue isn't going back there apparently. Really? I didn't see that. Well, apparently, oh. Rappaport said yesterday that the Rams were very unhappy with his regular season and they are not going to re-sign him. But Rappaport has been known to make mistakes, so. <laughs> uh, I think that's mostly it because Fowler. They... They, yeah, they kept Fowler, and they and then they got Weddle. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, the Browns are second favorite team, so I'm okay with the Browns being good in the AFC. I can handle that. They're the like, most lovable team in the AFC North, easily. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, Browns and Bills are my my uh, my uh, favorite teams that are not Seahawks teams. Um, I know. I like I like the lovable losers, man. Uh, interesting. Well, God, I mean, Earl will be true to his word if he if he chases the money. Um, I, I don't know that he's just chasing money to go to Cleveland, though. I mean, like they started to look respectable last year. They got Baker Mayfield, who looks like a stud, and yeah, I mean, just got gobs of talent right now. Like mm -hmm. they could. I don't. They seem like a playoff favorite. Yeah. No, I I agree with that. Um, and maybe like you could argue that they are in better position than either the 49ers or the Cowboys or the Texans. Maybe not as much the Texans. It's not as easy to say that, but um, especially for the division that they play in. But uh, huh. All right. Wow. Did you? I saw you tweet about this. So I'm guessing you know Anthony Barr. What happened with him? <laughs> what the hell? You talking about him signing back with Minnesota? Yeah. Yep. Reneged. Louise. I mean, are Jets fans like losing their minds over that? I mean, he, how do, he's a good player, and they. It sounded like they had a contract offer for him that that the Vikings just weren't willing to to match. And then the next day it changes, or do you know if it's the same contract? Did they say anything about that? The Vikings offered like a bit of a sweetener. It was better than what they offered yesterday, but still wasn't as good as the Jets deal. I think he just got cold feet, it sounds like. There was legitimately a report from a like an actual credible reporter, I forget who it was, who said that 
uh, Bart went to sleep last night after verbally committing to the deal and felt like actually ill, like in the stomach and then called the Vikings the next morning. So if you're a Jets fan, that's, <laughs> that can't be a good feeling. <laughs> oh man. Uh, actually, so actually hold up on that note. There are three interesting deals that I think um, either solidified today or the numbers came in today. So looping back to the Frank Clark thing, Trey Flowers signed for five years, 90 million. So that's um, 18 million a year. You know, he had seven sacks in, in 2018. So I, I think that's good news for Frank Clark. Green Bay made two big pass rusher deals. They signed Preston Smith to a four-year $52 million deal. And then they also signed Zadarius Smith to a four-year $66 million deal. Green Bay made some moves today. They also signed the safety, uh, Amos, Amos. Adrian Amos, yeah. From the Bears. So wait, who signed the, who signed him? Uh, Green Bay. Oh, Green Bay. So they signed Amos and they signed the, the Darius Smith. Is that the one you were just talking about? And Preston Smith. And Preston Smith. Yeah. Who's Preston Smith? I gotta admit He's, my yeah. the Ed Washington for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. He was a guy that I think we had talked about. It's, I mean, or, or at least I had thought would be a guy that could fall through the cracks. I never actually heard the terms of the deal on him, but it wasn't cheap. I don't. Yeah, think. I think it was thirteen million a year. Yeah, <laughs> so quite a bit lower than the other ones, but yeah, that is not a. And mind you, not a I know sacks aren't are, are kind of fluky, but he only had four sacks in twenty eighteen. That's not a ton. He's another guy, though, that I think does a lot better when you look at pressures. Yeah, the analytics sites really liked him the last couple of years. And, and the uh, the eye test folks like him a lot, too. Oh, those eye test folks. They released Nick Perry, too, to compensate for those deals. Oh. So something. Nick Perry was was oft injured, but um, was a pretty effective pass rusher when, when he was on the field. Um, that's interesting. Ooh. I'm still back on the D Ford thing. I can't get off that. What is the Chiefs' motivation there? Like, are there some cap that they need to like that they need to apply elsewhere? Like, why would they want to keep a young pass rusher? They're switching from a three four to a four three, and they just don't like his fit. Oh my god, that is the best situation <laughs> to pounce on if you're like, oh my god, wow. <laughs> And, and it's worth just getting a 2020 second round pick in order to, that just seems crazy to me that, that no one beat that. Anyway, sorry, I'm stuck on that. So everyone is in, does anyone, would anyone here trade Clark for a, even a 2019 second rounder? No, no, no. I've really come around what you were saying, Nathan, the other day. I think just seeing the kind of money these guys are getting, I really agree with what you've been saying. Just he's the guy you want to pay in terms. Look what the free agents are getting. All year we talked about the Seahawks didn't have blue chip players. I think he's the age and he's the. I know some of the stats aren't crazy about him compared to. I, I know Ben tweeted out some stats, but I think I think you have to hold on to Frank Clark. This team needs blue chip players and young ones. And having cap room and really help. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not that the stats don't like Clark. Um, he's just comparable to some of these other guys. But that that was my hunch the whole time is like, you know, talking about trading Clark and, you know, yeah, you get picks maybe and then you have the capability to go like, maybe you can go sign two or three guys. But I just, I mean, it's free agency, right? These guys always get overpaid and stuff. And so I was suspicious that you could really go gobble up a couple guys like a Preston Smith and a Roger Saffold, right? Which obviously I mean, you can't, right? For what they ended up getting. So now the other thing is if you can only get a 2020 second rounder for, um, for, uh, what's that? D Ford. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I want to say Derek Lee for some reason. Um, what are you gonna get for Bobby? What could you get for Bobby? I know a lot of people don't want to even consider it, but what could you? Well, Bobby's, I think we can all agree, is significantly better player um, for his position, like relative to the positional rank. There's no doubt that Bobby's, if not the best linebacker and middle linebacker in the game, he's top two or three. Um, D4, I don't think, is one of the edge rushers in the game. Um, so there's that, uh, positional value. Uh, there's no doubt that edge rushers are valued at higher rate than, than, um, than middle linebackers, off ball linebackers. But you could also say like, didn't, um, CJ Mosley just signed for what was it? 16 million? 18? Wasn't Eight? it? Didn't he hit 18? Yeah, it was closer to 18. Okay. That's so, why yeah, money. If that's the case, more than value Age-wise, Bobby's thirty or pushing that, right? And um, so I mean, all those factors combined, man. And knowing that you're going to have to sign him to a deal, right? So he's in the D Ford kind of category of like you don't have him on a deal already. Maybe you're talking about like a fourth. Like, does that sound in the realm? Of- I mean, I, maybe, yeah. Maybe that's all you can get for him. I mean, what would you say? What would your guess be? Not what you'd take, but what you guess his market would be based on what you know right now. So I was. Well, I was talking with Softy about this on Twitter for a while, and Stephen Cohen jumped in and just asked, you know, what did I think Bobby would be worth? And I, I thought a second, maybe a third, maybe you get the uh, Antonio Brown deal. Uh, you get a third and a fifth for him. Um, but he pointed out, you know, Reggie Ragland, who isn't nearly the player that um, Bobby was or is, but was, you know, in the second year, uh, second round pick got traded for a fourth rounder. Jamie Collins, I think, coming off a Pro Bowl year, Patriots traded him for a conditional third. So, yeah, I mean, maybe it's a fourth rounder for Bobby. Maybe that's all a team would give up for him. I think at most a third, and maybe uh, maybe a conditional third. Yeah, because. Run a defense where they've got a middle linebacker uh, that plays the way Bobby plays, right? He's not he's not a three four linebacker. I mean, I think Bobby could do just about anything, but yeah, he's not going to be in his optimal state in this. Right. Um. 
Yeah. So okay. So let's assume top top would be a third. You know, maybe a fourth is is probably more likely. Would you do it? No, I mean a third and a fifth, maybe, but I don't know. I mean, are, are the, the here? The real question is: Are you going to give Bobby eighteen million dollars a year, starting in his age thirty year? Like, let's even just say it's just a three year deal. Are you going to pay him eighteen million a year for three years for age thirty to thirty three? If the answer is yes, then I don't think you take anything really less than a second rounder, right? If the answer is no, then it's just a question of what is one year of Bobby Wagner worth? Yeah, maybe he is only worth, I mean, maybe one year of Bobby Wagner really is only worth a third for Seattle, right? Maybe if, if you're Seattle, you do that deal. I, 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 if you're another team, I think that's pretty good deal but i, I don't know I, i'm really opposed to I, I would be very leery to pay him 18 million dollars a year so i'm not worried about the the 18 million like in an in isolation do i think bobby's worth you know getting that kind of money or like whatever the market is for that position yeah and i, and I actually like if, if, if you're doing the compound percentages here what's the percentage that bobby's going to be playing at a at his current level for the next three years i would say like 90% like, you know, I, I have, I don't have a lot of question about his play degradation. That's not what's driving it for me. Um, his durability, there's some question of like, is he going to play, you know, he has missed some time. He's going to play 14 plus games. I think that goes up a little bit more, you know, there's a little more question about that, but to me, it, it really gets down to, if you're paying him 18 million, let's say it's 18 million for him. And you're playing Frank. Let's say Frank gets 21 to 22, which is a question. And that's why this 5 million swing between 17 and 21 and 22 is a pretty big deal. But him 18, Frank 21 or 22, and Russell 35 to 40. I just have questions about whether you can field a, a team that matters with three players commanding that kind of cash. That especially two of those three on the wrong side of 30. It's not a great spot to be in. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's, it, it makes you seriously start to, like the idea of trading Bobby for a third feels awful and kind of seems absurd. But like when you start to put all the context in there, like, yeah, maybe you do it. I have less concerns about Bobby and Russell. I, I, I think they're top-tier players, blue-chip players. Frank Clark is the player I'm reconsidering where, hey, if his price tag is legitimately $21 to $22 million a year, and that's what he, think he thinks he's worth, and that's what his agent is going to try and get, are you telling me Frank Clark is Von Miller? Does, does he have the same impact on a game that like Von Miller or Khalil Mack or you know, Judavian Clowney has on it on a game. Is he is he worth their price tag? He's not Miller or Mac. I mean, maybe he's Clowney. He's not peak JJ Watt, right? I mean, he is in that second tier. I guess I guess that's my concern. If you're gonna throw twenty one to twenty two million at him, 
he has to be an every game contributor and every game disruptor. And I, you know, I, ha I have confidence that Russell and Bobby are, you know, those two types of players, but I, I'm starting to have concerns about if, if Frank really wants 21 to 22, not sure we should give it to him. I mean, give you some context though on how hard it is. Like, I think there's been good conversation for good reason about um, John Schneider and his job he's done over the last few years, um, good or bad, um, in drafting. And we kind of look over like the 2015 draft and like, oh yeah, they only got Frank and Tyler. <laughs> if you want to paint the picture of how hard it's been for the Seahawks to draft a pass rusher over the entire franchise history, like it's happened like you know a handful. Like you can count pretty much on one hand the amount of times the Seahawks have drafted a Pro Bowl level pass rusher in all the years that they've been a franchise. It's hard. And Frank, he's on pace in terms of his sacks, and I know sacks aren't everything, but he's basically just behind, I think, Jeff Bryant, um, something like that. Like there's maybe one or maybe two um, players the Seahawks have ever drafted that have more sacks through their first, what is it then, is three seasons, four seasons? Four. Four, right? Right, yeah, because he's a free agent this year. So. Um, I mean, he's had more sacks than Cortez Kennedy had in the first four years. He had more sacks than, I mean, you can go on down the list, but he is an incredibly rare commodity. Um, and you finally hit one and then you're just going to let him walk. I mean, I don't know that that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Like you do, well, you don't let him walk, right? Well, yeah. I mean, if, if, <laughs> if you're talking about trading him for a 2020 second round pick, uh, the difference between that and letting him walk is, is it's not nothing, but it's uh, your chances of recouping anything near the value that you're letting walk out the door is like zero. Like, I just don't see it. Like the chances, look at how long it took for Frank to become Frank. He wasn't getting double digit sacks his first year. It was like second year, third year before that started to really emerge. Um, so you know, let's say you get the 2020 and let's say the 2020 is Frank Clark. He was a second round pick. Then you're talking about 2022 before he really becomes the player that Frank, like, what are we talking about? Like, that doesn't make any sense. That's where I struggle. Like, what's the alternative plan if you trade Frank? A team has no pass rushers right now. There's no pass rushers in the market. They barely have picks. Unless they're going to allocate that 20 million to offense and try to outscore everyone which would be good if the Seahawks had a different team and mindset that might work. But for this team with Pete Carroll and shoddy, I think they need to invest on defense. And I think Frank is, if you had maybe Kyle Shanahan and you were going offensive, you can put that 20 million towards an offense. Sure. But I don't see how they get better by trading Frank unless you're getting like a, the Khalil Mack haul back. Right. So do you just give in then and pay him four or 5 million more than Zadarius Smith and these other guys that are similar to him are getting? Yeah, I would. Because the thing with the Seahawks is Doug's going to be off the books probably by after next year. That's a, that's He's got like a $13 million cap hit for next year. Evan probably knows this better. Once Cam deal comes off, that's like – so that's combined, I think, it's $25 million off the books. Right there, that pays for Frank, right? Or – 
Yeah, I, I, I think we're beating a dead horse. I, I haven't checked the chat, but I'm sure everyone's like, yeah, guys, they're not going to trade Frank. <laughs> well, they're not going to they're not going to trade Frank and they're not going to trade Bobby. Right. That would be completely against how they've operated. So, like that question aside, like what really should they do? Man, I, I think Frank, I'm always going to prefer the, the younger player. And generally, I'll prefer the pass rusher. Um, uh, so it's debatable whether, and, and looking at metrics, what's going to affect the opponent's passing offense more is a good way to think about it from a defensive strategy standpoint, since we know that passing matters so much, right? That's true. Um, so... Mm -hmm. Bobby, I mean, Bobby from a coverage standpoint is incredibly unique in what he's able to do from the middle position. The The types of zone drops he can do are pretty rare, like with his speed. And and, and uh, so he, he has a pretty significant impact on the pass defense, actually. Um, Frank's obviously impact to that is, is pass rush. I think he's been, I don't think he's been as consistent there. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think you signed Frank. Um, the real tough part there that, that makes it like easy to say, tough to do is, I don't know, is he really holding out for 21-22? And if it's that, I probably just pull the trigger and m make that decision. And then uh, I think I let Bobby walk after this year and get a comp pick the following year for whatever he signs for. I think that's probably what I do. How do much of this? <laughs> You want to go the Earl route with Bobby? Yeah, I do. I think in this case, because I, I don't think if, if, if assuming a fourth round pick is the best you could get for Bobby, I think I'd rather have a year of Bobby still around um, and get what could be, could be a third round comp pick. Cause he'll play it. He'll ball out in his final year. And um I think you could potentially get a third. At least you'd get probably a fourth-round comp pick, depending on how you played your own free agency game. So that's probably how I would go about it. I would not sign all three of them. I'll be clear. I Not into yeah, that. That was my next question. Not into it. How much of your decisions about Frank and Bobby are related to the kind of the dearth of draft capital that they have and had have had? Like... This was my comment, you know, uh, that started the discussion with Softy today was, uh, you know, when in, when the Richard Sherman stuff came up, and, and I'm guilty in some of this too, right? Like, I didn't want him to trade Sherman for a lot of reasons. You know, they were too good. They were in win now. You can't do it, right? But if they'd flipped him for a second, and then last year, if they'd flipped Earl for a second before he got hurt, which I think was possible, I think that if they had traded him well before the draft that was there, and then, you know, who knows what was available right leading into that week, the reports are kind of varied, but, you know, so if you had come away with a second for Sherm and a second for Earl, and maybe you don't, you know, botch the Sheldon Richardson trade, um, and, you know, maybe you're, the Dwayne Brown thing worked out, but that Jeremy Lane thing with a, a, you know, a kick in the gut. And so, like, you know, if you've had some of these picks along the way, and you're preparing for these, you know, conversations with Bobby and Frank Clark, you're not probably having replaced either of those guys because they're both very good and that's hard to do. But maybe you're more comfortable about the draft capital you 
have. If you didn't botch all the comp picks last year for Jaron Brown and Ed Dixon, right? You know, you've got something to fall back on. Like it does feel like they're in a bit, in the corner a little bit here you know, because if they, if they had cut Shamar Stefan last year and let Puna Ford play like they should have been doing all along, pretty sure we have a fourth round comp pick. No, I think it goes bottom up. They would have had like a sixth or a fifth or something like that from one of the other guys that left. They, they wouldn't need to get a, lose a couple of those guys to get, a, to get their fourth back. They also used two picks last right. year on backup quarterbacks, and none of them are left on the team. I don't know, Evan. Your boy is is is, is not looking good right now. Like uh, Mr. Schneider's, I think there's some pretty questionable choices here. Like I think uh, I don't want to re-legislate all that because we've been over it so many times. But I don't think there's any defensible. I don't think there's any defense to the way the Seahawks approached the offseason last year in terms of the types of players that they acquired in order to cancel out their comp picks. Like in their wildest dreams, I don't think you could imagine that Ed Dixon, Shamar Stefan, uh, you know, Mingo, Mingo, um, Jerron Brown, like these were not high risk, high reward kind of players. They were like high risk, low reward. One week of Tom Johnson. Tom right? Like, I mean, it's just they, – they blew it. Like, they freaking blew it. Big they were high. not – the thing that's so frustrating about that is none of those guys are significantly better than guys that you could have gotten for that, that were just cut, and then they don't oh. count against the comp pick formula, right? Like, how much worse is this team if they have Brandon Marshall all year instead of Jerome Brown? Probably not a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> right and and then you know that's a comp pick that comes back you get rid of you know shamar stefan and you roll with puna even though he's short and that's scary you know that's a comp pick back so i just don't get it so hunley, hunley like hunley i kind of get a little bit more like isolated from everything else the backup quarterback situation looked really freaky last year like austin davis was looking really bad and so was uh don't say it Alex Magoo looked fantastic. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. You, he did not look fantastic. Neither did Brett Hundley. And, like, he that? started most of the year the year before. Preseason. Do you remember that, that Magoo had rolling to the right in preseason? What, he like threw it in the air? Like, like, oh, uh, shut up, Brian. It was like a 45-yard touchdown one. Don't you guys remember that? Oh yeah, I think like the one where he like like checked it like with his eyes closed and it got picked off. Like I mean, he was he had some pretty rookie maneuvers there. He, anyway, certainly did not look fantastic. Um, but to get back to Schneider, like I think the 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 theme with all of these problems that they had or these these moves that they made that have led to the problems that they have is that they were win now mode or moves. And now we're sitting here talking about, you know, can you trade Bobby when you expect to be pretty good in 2019? Like, you just got to start pulling these triggers. But Agree, but 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 you got to contrast that. The win now is not enough of an excuse. Look at what Howie Roseman's done in, in Philadelphia. Like, he spent three years, $30 million on Malik Jackson. And guess what? Has no impact on the comp pick formula. He traded a sixth or a seventh for Deshaun Jackson and signed him to, like, you know, $4 million more on his deal or something like that has no impact on the comp pick formula. Like, Sean Jackson would be an amazing fit for Russ, too. 
sorry, what? Deshaun Jackson? Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. And and so the point is that there are ways to acquire meaningful talent without impacting the comp pick formula. And it's just a matter of like creativity. And at some point you have to like say that like it used to be John and Pete who were out thinking and outsmarting other folks and doing things that were um against convention and and making some some moves some bonus moves as a result. You know, I don't I don't think you can make that case right now. Like I don't think John Schneider is consistently making the most clever, most thoughtful strategic moves. Um I mean, I've got a little Howie Roseman like uh envy, I gotta admit. Like I, I really like a lot of the choices he makes. Um so I don't know. Uh, it, it is frustrating, but it's also like uh what do you do with that? Like wallow and beer and alcohol i mean get the fire schneider tweets going but why like i mean i love john schneider he like he's and he also like it's not like he's a bottom half of the league gm I no mean, it's, it's, about, is he the very best gm no he's not no, 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 no. they're stuck in like a mediocre middle point it feels like I, I think the prevailing theme or trait or vibe i get from them is it feels like they're sort of indecisive that they're, that they're not really willing to be aggressively creative with whether it's how they offload, you know, star veterans who are leaving the team soon, how they acquire new talent without, you know, destroying their comp picks, like whether it be just taking bolder risks on players who are, you know, maybe on the cheaper end, but maybe a little bit more riskier. It's just they're, they've been kind of botching, honestly, the past two off seasons and, like you said, Brian, they're stuck in this like middle point of mediocrity where you can't say John Schneider is like, I don't think you can say John Schneider is bad because they've had some good moves the past couple of years, but they've also botched a lot of moves. And I just want to see some creativity. I want to see, I don't want to see indecisiveness. Well, the interesting thing, Evan, is we almost should compartmentalize it a little bit more because there's the draft, yeah. the free agency, um, you know, there's trades, there's different ways that you can judge the approach. And, like, I can't remember how many comp picks they had in last year's draft, but they had a fair number, right? Yeah. Like, so, 16 and 17, they were loaded with those end of third round picks. Yeah. So, they blew most of them, but they had them. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but look at for a second for last year, we're talking about last year and that they blew it in free mm -hmm. agency, how they handled comp picks, which affects this year's draft. But last year's draft, they hit on pretty much every single pick. Like, last year? Yeah, except for the first one. Yeah, except for the one that you're forgetting because it was so forgettable. And now you don't have a left guard for the sixth year in a row or a pass yeah, rusher. I know, but guys, I mean, as much as you know, I've I've been. Yeah, fair. We don't need to revisit that. Hammering on the Rashad Penny pick and that that made no sense. Like, fine, but I, I'm certainly not. Uh, I'm not. Rasheem Green did not have a big year last year. But I'm not down on him yet. Like I think he has absolutely the, can be the type of player that blossoms and becomes uh, a better pass rusher and part of the solution. So that could absolutely. I don't think that that's a miss. I wouldn't characterize it as a miss yet. Disley who's hurt, but he looked like he was going to be a big addition. Shaquem Griffin, I think you know I have questions about his upside. Uh, you know, be honest. But Trey Flowers has been a hit. Michael Dixon's been a hit. I think Jamarco Jones is going to be a hit. I think Jacob Martin's going to be a hit. That's a pretty good draft. Right. Off year, of, off year one. 
Right. So like, that's just year one. And a lot of players make their biggest leap from year one to year two. So I think like, you can't just say that all last year was just a total blown, like they didn't do it, but like some of their moves and their free agent moves are just like mind blowingly stupid. Yeah. And, And I mean, if you go back the year before that draft, McDowell. Pretty questionable. Like, I mean, you got Chris Carson. If David Moore turns out to to continue to evolve, that could be the saving grace. Naz Jones now is a five technique, and you don't know what you have there. Delano Hill may be a starting safety. I still hold out some hope there. Shaq Griffin, I he looks like a, an average cornerback now, not a difference maker. So he's down. I don't know that anyone else from that draft. I mean, I'm not going to say Tedrick Thompson. I don't believe in him at all. Um, Ethan Posick, I don't think has any value. Um, Darbo, like, I mean, so anyway, I guess my point is that they had, a, I think, a really good draft last year. Uh, if you can follow up with finding a way to turn four picks into, you know, <laughs> a measurable improvement of uh, talent this year with, with a good draft, you know, who knows? Okay, so now, so here's the question now. How do they how do they get better in the in the media? They've basically been asleep in free agency. They haven't been linked to any player. They've had like five guys walk. I think I, I tweeted this out today. They're one of five teams now. I think Pittsburgh added some. They're one of five teams that hasn't added an outside free agent since this period started. All the other 27 teams have. So either has Schneider been asleep at the wheel or are they doing what we just thought they would you know do? You know the five teams? I bet they all were in the playoffs last year. All of them except for the Bengals, who are the cheapest team in the NFL, so they don't ever use free agency. I you do not you do not win Super Bowls by winning free agency. Like at least in the first two days. Like it's I think new. you win you win Super Bowls by like moves you make in at least day three and beyond, but likely like week two and beyond. Yeah. Yeah, yep. The other three were New England, Baltimore, and Dallas, who has a ton of decisions coming up. Mm-hmm. There haven't been signings, but there's been trades I wish they were involved in. Well, that's a great question, though, Evan. Before you go to the trades, like, is there a single signing? Forget trades. Is there a single signing for the exact price that it was made for that you guys wish the Hawks had been in on? Tyna Shecky. Or I have no idea if I'm saying his name right, but the, the tackle out of Washington. He went to the Bills for like two years, twelve million or something like that. So depending on how eager you are to move on for um, a Fetty, um, that would have been a very affordable option. So you you like that, but you also acknowledge that they might not even be thinking about doing like they right. might be looking at tackles right now. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I probably I think they probably should be looking at tackles, but yeah, no. I'd say no. I'd say most of the money that's gone out has been stupid money. When we did the show last week and went through all the big names, I was excited going into that show. And once we kind of talked to you guys, we realized it's just not going to happen. And a lot of the contracts for even guys that we kind of liked, like Landon Collins, have been laughed at around the league. So I made a list of names that I thought Seattle might be able to get on the weekend, and pretty much all of them are still there. Cam Wake was someone I thought might slip through the cracks. I thought would be a good fit. If they want a veteran rusher, but he got a multi-year deal and like 20 million total with Tennessee today. So really all the guys we looked at are still there. 
Weddle on a two-year, ten million dollar deal. Um, yeah, but that was a. Oh yeah, that was a, yeah. That's right. I did want to get Weddle, and he was a cut, right? So, what? I thought he got five, five each. Well, I thought he got thirteen million per. No, I would think Roto was total. says. Yeah, Roto said two for ten and a half. Uh, two for ten and a half. Yeah. What? Yeah, he took very little. Uh, that seems really cheap. He really wanted to I go mean, there. He and he is old, so I, I don't know how much he has left in the tank. I haven't been paying ton of attention to him, but that one's interesting. Wow. He tweeted out a picture of himself as a kid wearing himself uniform. So I think this may is not a, even be an option. Yeah. Yeah, and I think he lives in San Diego. He played for the Chargers all his years. So I think there was like 13 teams that wanted him. He just yeah. understand global warming. Like Seattle's gonna be as warm as San Diego in a few years. Well, Seattle was ranked number two by some agent who said that they're the second most popular team to sign with. Anyone see that? And they've signed no one. Mediocre, like, uh, free agent with no upside. All of them are clamoring to come here. But we can't afford anyone. (laughs) Um, I mean, losing Sweezy kind of sucks. I mean, again, we'll see what the actual price tag is there. Um, I'm not a big... I'd have issues if they brought in Suggs. I, I, I'll be totally honest. I would have killed the team for that. But Suggs going to the Cardinals for one year for some amount of money. One year, seven. I, I, to me, oh, you got seven? All right. Yeah, for, purely from a value standpoint, I thought that's a solid deal. Like, he, he's got something left in the tank as a pass rusher. And um, that's the kind of deal I would like to see them sign. Like, if you told me Cameron Wake was a one-year, seven million year, I'd be a deal. I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. That's what I thought. He actually got paid though, right? What was it again? It was like three years, twenty-two million. Yeah, that's a fair amount. Thirty-seven. Yeah, I, I thought one-year deal max. I Who knows stuck. how many of those are kind of funny years? Yeah. So yeah. So some of the names I looked at were Shaq Barrett. He's twenty-six. Uh, Marcus Golden is twenty-eight. He looked pretty good before getting injured a couple years ago. I might take flyers on those guys. If you want an older guy, Justin Houston's still out there. Nick Perry. Chris and Covington is still out there. Chris Covington, make it happen. There's there's rumblings of Sue again. Apparently, he wants to stay on the West Coast. Um, well, KJ Wright has not been. There's been no buzz on KJ at all. Is it worth signing Sue just so he injures other quarterbacks in the division? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I yeah. can't say I'd be super upset if I saw him roll up on Jared Goff's ankle, you know? Like, I mean, that's a horrible thing to say, but I'm also not totally lying. Um, I don't mind Trey Boston as safety. He's 26. Trey Boston feels like, the, yeah, I don't know what they're going to ask for him. There's probably a good number of safeties still left, right? Like, Let's see. Now, a lot of them have gone. The, I think the most interesting one is the uh... – the guy from San Diego, um, crap, I'm spaced on his name now too. Um, I, again, he's another guy I don't know a ton about, but um, I think he's pretty decent. Would you consider going back on Earl and meeting his price? Mm, yeah, it's about years for me. Yeah, I don't think he's gone the market he thought he would. Uh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, I mean, he is older. I, I guess it does surprise me. 
it's I'm surprised that it's this bad. That there are well, this many safeties that have gone off the board already and he's still sitting out there. There may be a thing here at play like per the CBA, um, in this little like tampering period that's like two days that ends tomorrow at like one PM, player or teams can't have their doctors check out pending free agents for like physicals and health work and stuff till 1 p.m. tomorrow. So a theory floating around is that teams want to check out or, or run Earl through a physical with his leg before they sign him to anything. So I'm looking at the safeties. Like I think Darian Stewart is worth kicking the tires on from there. <clears throat> he would not affect comp pick because he was cut, right? Um, I think uh, – Jaleel Adai from the Chargers is worth kicking around. Um, uh, I'm not a huge Sendejo fan, so I know he, he got let go. I'm not interested in kicking the tires there. Um, you know, HaHa Clinton-Dix, the right price. He's 26 years old. He could be an inbox safety. Is he interesting? Is he better than Tedrick Thompson? I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. If you ask... Haha to play free safety? I don't know that he is much better than Tedrick. No, no, he wouldn't play free. Bradley can play either. Yeah. You'd find but if you're gonna go that route, I mean just find a free safety. <laughs> like who's who's your who's your free safety? Like who's your free safety that's better than than Tedrick even? Like Trey Boston, I, like, I guess, is the guy that you guys would look at. I like Adrian Phillips. That's the guy from the Chargers that I was talking about. Um Okay. But I mean, what's interesting about Hawkland Dix other than his that we know him because he's from Bama and all that? Like, I think that's just a name. I mean, he's had he's had some production um, in terms of creating turnovers, and he's um, uh, I think he's a pretty good tackler. I think he's made some. I mean, I think he's a decent in the box safety. You know, you've got a guy like George. Uh, is it Iloka? Um, yeah, the Bengals. He's similar, like he's older, but also box safety. I don't know. I, just I think the bar. I guess part of this comes back, guys. That I just think the bar is super low to improve the safety room. <laughs> like I don't think it has to be that good of a player to be an improvement over what we have. So I'm okay with some of these guys getting snapped up. Um, I just want them to at least get one that that you know what his floor is and you know his floor is higher than what we saw from guys like Tedrick last year. And if Delano Hill or Tedrick somehow they end up like beating them out because they prove that they can like they're better players. Fantastic. But let's not rely on that. Like let's have at least some veteran safety that we know is not going to be like bottom third of the league. For that. Yeah. I don't think any of us want to see Tedrick start again. So anyway, I, I feel like there's enough safeties on the market. Like my guy, I would go after would be Darian Stewart. That'd probably be my top choice. Um, but I don't. I'm not too picky uh, on the safety regard. Yeah. The other. I don't know if you saw us in the chat today, Brian. We Evan was talking about this a little bit. But the other name. There's one report linking the Seahawks to uh, Tyrell Williams, at receiver, mm. saying that they were kind of sniffing around him. It wasn't one of those big name reporters, but the three teams that wanted Tyrell initially were Indianapolis. They signed Funches yesterday. Cleveland signed, did the Beckham trade, and Oakland was the other one. They did the Brown trade. So 
there might be an opportunity to get in there because I don't know what his market is right now. Yeah, Williams is interesting. Um, Vinny Curry hasn't gone anywhere yet, has he? Nope. He's a guy that if you're still looking for a defensive end, that's kind of interesting. But guys, um, you have to like, I mean, just flat priority for a second. What is the number one priority position-wise on this team based on where there's gaps? Isn't it, doesn't it have to be offensive guard? I would say guard and free safety. Yeah, I think guard and safety too. Does anyone feel differently? Well, it has to be guard. They have no starting guard signed. Right. So, I mean, like, I'm looking at it right now. It looks like, is James Carpenter signed? Yeah, he's signed today. Atlanta. Right? Atlanta signed him. That was their backup to, I think, they tried to get Fluke and Sweezy too. Well, I got really bad news that Odebushi is not available. He signed with Detroit. He was and, actually good last year, uh, I think, right? Didn't PFF like him last year? Maybe I don't know. I'm, they, I'm pretty sure. I think this was another Ben thing. I think I think he actually played well last year. Shocking. I, I know. I think they've they've got to they've got to get in there on the guard market. Like that's got to be number one. Man, uh, Carpenter got four years. Isn't he like? Watch he can't be that young. Well, he's thirty. I don't know about that, but he can't be that young. Yeah. Yeah, I don't worry about age that much unless they're in there like late thirties at guard um, or they have a serious injury history. Like TJ Lang at 31, like anyone want to bite on that with his, his, uh, I think he's going to retire. Yeah. Yeah. Someone speculated Mike, are Patty? I know he played for Solari before, but he, mm. he's injury problems. He's breaking down. <laughs> Oh god! If they put Ayupati and Fluker on the same line, <laughs> poor Russ, man. Uh, yeah, my guys, my guys, Eric Kush and Andy Levitre are still out there. Those are the names I'm watching. Um, so we talked about deals that we wanted Seattle to be in. Would would either of you guys wanted uh, them to be in on the assembly or uh, Zeitler? <laughs> Trades. Well, trades. Yeah, we talked about signing. Pretty much no signings I'd want. Trades. Evan, I interrupted you. What are the trades you, you would have wanted to be in on? Assembly? What, who, who, who traded for him? They gave him up they gave up a six rounder. Yes. It was a six five six swap. Uh, it was a five six swap, so it was free basically. He carried like a cap charge of like nine million to the new team. Outside of this last year, before fucking Tom Cable arrived, he was good. And then he plummeted in pro PFF rankings to, like, from top 10 to when Cable arrived, like, number 60. Very classic style, Tom Cable. Got to get that out of the way. But, like, that's a very – sure, you're, you, if, you know, if he sucks for a year, $9 million down the drain, but the dude is still, like – isn't he, like, late 20s or 30? Like – Guards can play till mid thirties. He was a stud. Um, he was an all pro. Like, is that guy not worth the risk? That seemed, like that would that's somebody who I would have absolutely jumped on for a fifth and sixth swap. I'd also be in on the D Ford. I really would. Well, here's the thing, Evan. Not only is Assembly a all pro level guard, he was nearly an all pro level left tackle when he was in Baltimore. Like he legitimately played tackle and guard. He could be he could be your right tackle. Like 
he he was so valuable and young. And how in the world do you blow that twice? You do not sign him in free agency. And people say, well, they didn't have the money. You always have the money. You can always make moves to make room. He was so clearly a guy that could anchor that line. Look at the difference that Dwayne Brown's made to that line. Having one guy that knows what, just a little bit about what the hell he's doing. If you had him next to Osemele, like now you've got like something legitimately interesting going on. Yeah, I'm super frustrated they did not make that move. And he would have been perfect for Solari's system, the way that he wants his guards playing. I was thinking about this today. What's what? What do you think would be more valuable to the Raiders? A five-six swap, or could you have offered like Naz Jones or Tedrick? Like, is that better than a five-six swap? Who knows? Well, <laughs> that's fair. Fair enough. Like, if you don't have the picks, can you offer a guy like that? Dude, I would have done that trade for a fourth. I, I would have given them something more. Like, like that. <laughs> that could have been. A- there's no dead cap ramifications if it if it if it fucks up. Not not to to rehash how Schneider has you know screwed up and put them in a terrible position, but he screwed up and put them in a terrible position. They don't really have draft picks to give away. Might have right. been part of the problem. Why? <clears throat> yeah, but the swap part. I mean, if you could have done it for the swap, that's interesting, right? Yeah. Um, so if, going back I have, to, I have to interrupt just to pile on for a second. Uh, what if the reason they couldn't do the trade is because they traded their six for Brett Henley last year? I mean, it's not yeah. insane to think that that's the case. Like, <laughs> that legitimately could be the reason. That, that could, yeah. Uh, okay. Ben told me well, to ask okay. Evan, by the way. Ben so, wants me to ask Evan if okay. the Seahawks got the wrong GM from Green Bay. They should have got Dorsey instead. Oh, fuck off, Ben. <laughs> that's, God damn it. That's a yes, though. <laughs> that's it. He's pretty good, man. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so Zeitler also got moved. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm saying the name right. Zeitler, Zeitler, yeah. Zeitler, whatever. Um, he's got a 10 million a year cap hit. What's that? Uh, they gave up a big player, Olivier Vernon. Yeah. So they gave up Vernon and a fifth. I just had this in front of me, and I don't remember what it was saying. What Vernon and a fifth for? I thought it was a one-to-one swap, or no? No, there's picks involved. Yeah, so the Giants got uh, Zeitler and a fifth-round pick from the Browns, who got Vernon and a fourth. So the Giants sent a Vernon and a fourth-round pick for Zeitler and a fifth-round pick. If you could have done that deal, Clark, who's four years younger than Vernon and better, you know, if you could have traded him for Zeitler and a fifth, who Zeitler is only counting 10 against your cap, Free to cut if anything should happen to him. Very good guard. Well, not only that, then you combine that with maybe you get more than a fifth. Um, You could legitimately say because Clark is significantly better than Vernon. Um, But then you could take that and potentially turn it into... I mean, at that point, if you're really... Well, help maybe, or if you're really talking about, you know, Clark ended up getting 2021, then you're just a couple million shy of what Preston Smith ended up getting. Mm-hmm. So you maybe could have turned Clark into Zeitler a fourth or fifth round pick and maybe Preston Smith for basically the same cap hit. Yeah. I, yeah. I think the trades are where there's been real smart action going on. 
for sure. The Deshaun Jackson is another one. What was the what were the terms on that? It was a six round pick. I thought it was, or maybe it was a swap of a six, 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 six seven swap. Six I, had, seven swap. I actually thought the Seahawks were going to be involved in that one because obviously the future of the receiver room doesn't look super bright, especially with the Baldwin potentially um, on his way out in the next couple of years. And Pete Carroll loves explosive plays. Who better than Deshaun Jackson to pair with Russell Wilson's deep ball? That would have been awesome. Yeah, and we, John Brown's off the market today. We lost him. He got $9 million though, right? That was probably more than I would yeah. have wanted to pay him. Yeah, he went to uh, Brian's favorite team, the Bills. <laughs> I like the Bills. That's pretty expensive. Like yeah. I guess the one thing we haven't talked about is Justin Coleman. Yeah. Yeah, so do we, do, do we want to just do a quick rundown of what exactly the Seahawks have done and lost uh, I could probably actually stand to learn from that. So if somebody okay, knows. So in terms of what they've done, absolutely nothing. They're the, only, they're the only team in the NFC other than Dallas that has not brought in one new player. The only thing they've done so far is re-sign Akeem King. That's right. I think that's a good move. I like the Akeem King move. Akeem is- King had a very good game against Kansas City, but if he is your full-time nickel corner. I don't know that he's going to be your nickel. I mean, I think they've got a couple options there. I think I think Akeem King, because he's he's more of a safety corner hybrid, um, I think he profiles more to an outside corner than he does to a, a nickel. Um, but what you can do, I think Shaquille Griffin actually has uh, nickel corner um, capabilities. I think he's he's got potential there. And you could slide. You could do what they used to do in the past where Byron Maxwell would slide inside and play nickel um, and, like, someone else would come in and play outside. So – I could see Shaquille Griffin going in and playing nickel and then, you know, having another guy like Akeem play outside um, would be one possibility. Yeah. Um, and then they've got, what is it, Kalen Reed? Is that his name? Do you know um, anything about him? Well, from a pure physical skill perspective, he, he definitely um, he maps out to a nickel corner. Um, and he's a guy that actually played, I want to say, was it Baltimore? Played on someone's team. Got a little bit of run. And um, this, the team, the Seahawks actually had to sign him to the active roster last year because someone was trying to sign him off the practice squad. So he's clearly got some potential. And let's not kid ourselves. Justin Coleman was a practice squad player for the Seahawks. Um, you know, the, the Patriots signed him. And then the Seahawks got him for like a seventh round pick or whatever. Like he was kicked around and became one of, and now is the highest paid nickel corners in the game. I don't think that every time that that's going to play out, but if there's one area that the Seahawks have shown the ability to turn, you know, pennies into nickels or quarters, no pun intended, um, uh, secondary has been the place. So I'm not super worried about that. I would have, I really like Justin Coleman. I think it's a, it's a hit, but I'm not freaking out about that loss. I wish wish they attacked on the year. That a king king deal because if he if he plays well this year, you know it's a one year prove it. Basically, he could get something on the open market. Maybe they're not good at that. They don't <laughs> buy low. Like the locket thing has turned out to be great. We, yeah, all the moves that we've ripped Schneider for the locket thing, based on what receivers are getting, has been great. But I remember like Brian back in the day wanted them to sign Walter Thurman early before he broke out. They don't buy low on guys. They buy high on everyone. That's, At least internally. That's, that's not totally true. I mean, internally, like, who have they bought low on? 
I mean, you're talking about literally like free agent purchases. I guess I would say like. No, no I mean like guys. They, they could have extended. They bought extensions earlier on. Yeah. They don't do that very often. No, I think they, that's, that's fair. Um, they've definitely paid a low price for a lot of high quality talent in the past, but that's different than what you're saying. Yeah, like the Vikings last year signed Daniel Hunter to like a fourteen million dollar deal. He's probably screaming at his agent today. <laughs> yep. Yeah, like that's the kind of moves I'd like to see them. Like they could have if they tried to sign Clark last year, for example. What other? Are there any other trades that we're missing? Oh, sorry, I, I'm, I'm jumping. Okay, so the, what else? The the Seahawks have lost five guys. We covered Sweezy. We covered Brett Hundley if we even need to cover him. Coleman. There's two others. Mike Davis went for like $3 million a year to the Bears. And somehow, this one, I've still been stunned by this move. The Vikings gave Shamar Stefan a raise. He got like $4.5 million a year, and he was a day one signing for them. I can't stop laughing about that move. I don't understand how anyone could watch him and want to sign him on the first day of free agency and give him a raise. He does something that coaches love. Does he? I can see any identifiable football skill last year. I, no, but he's just one of those. You, you have these guys in sports where it's like, Fair. what is the deal with him? Coaches just won't stop playing him. But like, what does he do? Why? Why do you like him so much? He's like known as a run defender, and the team's run defense got a lot worse last year, didn't it? They've had pretty good success finding like guys like McDaniel and Allen Branch, and they paid him like four million a year last year, and all he did was take snaps away from Puna. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't I don't lose sleep over. I mean, I I I'll miss watching Justin Coleman. I enjoyed having him. I wish nothing but for the best for Mike Davis. I enjoyed watching him, but I have to say that like pretty much want to see every other running back on the roster more than Mike Davis. Um, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm even more curious about what Bo Scarborough looks like on the field than I am what Mike Davis looks like. Like, not that I'm expecting him to be great, but I think we know what Mike Davis is. He's like a decent running back. Like, he's okay. Yeah, I think he's, he's like a replacement level running back. And um, he's got some nice skills and seems like a great guy. But Rashad Penny, better or worse, you got you pay, you you bought it. You you know he, he showed some ability. Like you got to play him, see what you're gonna get there, and then everyone's gonna. This is my my fearless prediction. I like if 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 Schottenheimer has any redeeming qualities, like at all, which people may be confused about where I am on on Schottenheimer. Sorry, did I say Schneider? I meant Schottenheimer. Um, he's going to look at his conservative offense and he's going to look for ways to, to integrate low risk, potentially high reward plays into that. That's going to be short passing. And primarily that should be looking at his running backs of which he's got two running backs who have receiver like skills. And that's JD McKissick and CJ Procise. And I don't care what anyone says about CJ Procise gets injured. So what? So he gets injured all the time. If he's not injured, that happens and JD McKissick's not injured. You've got two guys that have legitimate skills out of the backfield at receiver. And that could absolutely change the way the offense functions and the amount of times that they're able to turn short passes into meaningful gains. So people can scoff. I absolutely believe that just that one notion. And, and I thought there was some evidence that Schottenheimer was starting to learn what McKissick was capable of. Didn't utilize him, but I think was starting to learn. 
I think there's a chance he'll spend some of the offseason figuring out how to utilize him more. You guys do realize that CJ Procise is going to be one of those players that leaves in free agency and is just an absolute stud for the Patriots or the Packers or even the Rams. You do realize that, right? It's very possible. Well, he's definitely not going to be signed, resigned. So even if is he has he a free agent agent next year, he's not going to be resigned. Is he a free agent right now? He's not, right? No, yeah. after next year. I'm talking about after this coming season. Like, most likely he will go three years without doing almost anything, and then he'll have a great year next year. He's totally central. Like, he's the Alvin Kamara of our offense. Let's just put be totally hyperbolic about it. And the Seahawks won't re-sign him. <laughs> like, they can't. With Rashad Penny and Chris Carson, like, they won't be able to, to justify that. So, anyway. I, that's why I'm totally fine with Mike Davis not only leaving and clearing room for someone else to take some of those snaps, but also... Let's hope the Seahawks don't blow their comp pick situation. Like, none of the guys we're really talking about signing for the most part. Like, we don't need the top of the, like, sign Justin Houston. Sign, like, sign some of these guys, like Darian, uh, Darian Stewart or whoever from, from, from uh, Denver that doesn't affect the comp pick formula. Um, and then... You got Mike Davis and Jared Sweezy and all these guys going out. You should get, I don't know, with Justin Coleman's deal. Maybe you get a third. Maybe you get a third and a fourth or two fourths. Mr. Earl out there and KJ. Right. I don't think you're getting a third with some of the contracts that have been signed so far. A fourth. That's how it works. It's, it's, it's not based on contract value. It's based off of range relative to the top contract signed. I think that you well, can pretty much just stack the contract values. And I think that, I don't know for sure, but I think that ends up mapping pretty well to. It's like a complex formula. It has to do with contract, playing time, um, Pro Bowl, All Pro. It, it's a secret formula that the NFL hasn't made public. But it's pretty heavily weighted towards money, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Nick Nick Cordy or whatever I think his name is is mm -hmm. great job for over the cap, and he's been pretty accurate. I I didn't realize. I mean, you might be right, Nathan. I didn't realize it was it was like a bell curve. I I thought it was just uh, contracts of certain value hit a threshold um, are worth certain potential picks. So Coleman's deal of like average eight and eight and a half per year or whatever. Maybe that's a fourth fourth rounder or something like that. Um, but, I honestly don't know the specifics, so I could be wrong on this. Yeah. Well, none of us do, so it's probably super interesting to uh, fumble over our total lack of, you know, our ignorance on the topic. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Earl going out. If Earl gets his two, like, cheer on Earl. Get that. Get the big dollars, dude. Get the $15 million per year. And KJ, I don't heard anyone talk about KJ. Bit of a bummer. I mean, I love KJ. I, I don't think he's going to have much of a market. And... I still don't think the Seahawks are going to re-sign him. At what you, point do you think there's a price where they would reconsider it? I think if he's down, if he gets down to the five or six million a year range, they're going to bring him back, right? You can't say no to that, right? Mm, I, I, I'd rather than spend it on Kendricks. You can do both. Kendricks is going to cost nothing. Mm -hmm. We both play the same position. I don't think that you're going to swing either one of them over to Sam. Yeah. I mean, look, you're paying $5 million 
for Barkevius Mingo. <laughs> so like, why is he still the that team? guy? Why is Jerron Brown is getting like Jerron Brown's costing you three? You could be having another three million dollars to spend elsewhere if you cut Jerron Brown. I, I don't understand why they haven't cut these players. What are, they haven't been linked to anyone? It's bizarre. Man, if you scroll down far enough in this uh, over the cap free agents list, there are some fun draft crush names. If if people are into the draft, like I'm seeing um, Anthony Chicolo, I love that dude. Uh, Cedric Abuehi, I don't, I, I think he actually started a little bit for the Bengals. I don't think he was any good, but um, oh, there's lots of them in here. Um, Quentin Spain, uh, former guard mate of Mark Lewinsky, also a Spark King. Um, let's see, and there's some some there's some names in here too. Pernell McPhee, Alex Okafor was cut, although I think he's had injuries. Jimmy Ward, uh, I think he's had injuries too, but was pretty good when he played. If you want to look in like a cheap nickel option, um, what uh, Pierre Desir? Did he got paid though, right? Why yeah, he on here? extended him. Okay. Pretty good deal too, from what I remember, right? Wasn't it like? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he got paid. 10, 11, 12, something like that. Um, are you sure? Because I'm well, I haven't found out yet. Boy, and it's frustrating too looking at some of those too, with them taking Penny last year, like TJ Yeldon, Mark Ingram. Um, this I mean, year, this year is still available. On no over the cap, they do. I don't think that's right, though. I thought he signed. No, Desir's still available. What? No, he's really? not. Really? I thought he was good. Who? There were apparently a lot of teams trying to sign him today, and apparently there's like 10 teams after him. Who? Are we talking about the corner? Yeah. yeah. He's still right. out there. Are you talking about Pierre Desir? Yeah. Yeah, he's still available. And so is Jason Verrett. Yeah, so there's another one. He's an, he's an injury guy, but he's a, 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 a nice gamble. Yeah. Anyway, it's going to be interesting to uh, to see how this plays out over the next few days. Um, those are some pretty big bombs, I guess, that have dropped. It's interesting. I, I think that the Rams – it's amazing to me the Rams spent $14 million on on Fowler. I, I, <laughs> I, I think that's interesting. Um I think that Weddle is a good signing. And so wait, wait on on the Fowler thing though. At this point, with the other contracts that we've seen, like and all these guys getting you know seventeen million dollars, like Flowers and Sierra Smith, and there was another one that got paid. Um, I'm realizing that Ansa's still out there though. Uh, is fourteen for Fowler, especially just a one year deal? Is that really that bad? I think it's pretty bad. I, I'm not high on Fowler, so I mean, I might just be different, but. Yeah. I Essentially think. just giving him the fifth year option. That's how they rationalize that deal. Yeah. I mean it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Well what I found interesting today. Yeah. Green Bay entered today with the same cap room pretty much as Seattle, and they made like four big money signings. Like I found that kind of interesting. Like everyone's saying Seattle has no room, Seattle's no room. Well, Green we have Bay no room. I don't think that's the issue. Well, all the writers keep talking about how they have no room. The Seahawks? Yeah. 
they had like 35 million. And I think a lot of those guys, like their combined cap, it was like 15 million after those big. Anybody who says the Seahawks don't have cap space, don't listen to them. They don't know what they're talking about. The Seahawks have money to spend. They have room. They're just not doing it. And well, and a lot of it's earmarked, right? I mean, for Bobby and Frank and exactly. Russ. and Exactly. This is like – but at the same time, they could be cutting some players to open up additional space. So, Wouldn't you know. Frank's hit go down if they signed him? But, guys, like there, there's – I mean, on the, the edge especially, it just seems like there's a lot of options that – I mean, I'm even interested in, I mean, Jamie Collins at, at linebacker. Like, I mean, he, he's an interesting name at 29 um, years old. But, Edge, I mean, we talked about Ansa and Houston. Um, and we talked about, you know, Nick Perry, whatever. But, like, you've got someone like William Hayes, who I think is an interesting interior uh, and edge rusher. Um, he's 34, but he could be totally affordable and still make a difference. You've got um uh Shaquille Barrett we talked about you've got uh Shane Ray who's 26 and I think interesting I still think Deion Jordan I wouldn't be upset if the Seahawks re-signed Deion Jordan for like a cheap deal like I wouldn't make our like my whole plan you still have Bruce Irvin out there I don't think he's going to get a bunch at age 32 you've got Benson Mayoa who's actually he's 28 he's been an interesting pass rusher um you got Marcus Golden, who's 28 and has been a pretty impactful pass rusher when he's he's been on the field. I don't think Marcus Golden is a fit for this team. Like maybe as some kind of a situational pass rusher, but he's really more of a rushbacker. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that those are that's a long list I just went through. A lot of them I don't think are going to be super cost prohibitive to acquire. So. Oh. Oh. Schefter just tweeted that Le'Veon is signing with the Jets. That's kind of a long oh, time coming, yeah. right? You know the number? No. But that just came out nine seconds ago. Holy shit. Really? My reaction is who cares? Yeah, that's not going to work out. <laughs> I mean, like, talk <laughs> about no impact signing that's going to not make a difference to anybody. No, but what I care about is, are the numbers better than what the Steelers offered on their final deal? That's what I'm curious about. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Um, well, fellas, uh, I hope that folk, we've had a bunch of folks on tonight. Sorry we haven't been in the chat as much. There's been too much going on here. But if you haven't already, please uh, click subscribe. Um, and if nothing else, if you don't even want to click subscribe, just let other people know about the pod. No, let people know about Real Hawk Talk. Um, on our YouTube channel, um, get people to come here and subscribe. Uh, you can follow any of us on Twitter. Um, you got Evan on HB. You've got Al Re at Real Jeff Simmons, and you got at Nathan E11 as well as me at Hawk Blogger. Um, and then you can uh, subscribe as well on any of your podcast app. So after we record this, it takes a little while, but we we um, we get it pushed up thanks to. Uh, uh, handy dandy uh, Rain City series. Will um, Cornell helps us get that posted. Um, it'll show up on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Google Play, um, and on Spotify. So um, that should be up by tomorrow. Um, and if you're listening to it now, <laughs> right now, but uh, uh, share it out. The more people subscribe, the the more we can uh, uh, do with the show, including bringing on additional guests. And uh, believe it or not, there's quite a few folks that uh, that. Uh, are lined up to get on here. So it's it's a, a great opportunity. All the proceeds 
go to Ben's fund. And uh, we have the Seahawks auction coming up, which I will be in attendance at. And anyone that is a Seahawks patron, uh, Seahawks patron, uh, uh, sorry, Hawk blogger patron, um, get a chance to get a call from a, a player, a coach. Um, uh, so go ahead and sign up at patreon.com slash Hawk blogger and uh, join the crew. I'll be glad to have you. And we will most likely be back next week because I have a feeling there'll be enough news that we will be uh, talking again soon. So thank you for everyone that tuned in for a special show tonight. Uh, let's hope the Hawks start making some wise additions, not just wise subtractions. We'll all be watching for it. Take care.